This is Recorded Future, Inside Threat Intelligence for Cybersecurity. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 165 of the Recorded Future podcast. I'm Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire. London has, for centuries, enjoyed its status as one of the cornerstones of the global economy. So it makes sense that it would also be a beacon of innovation and investment in cybersecurity. Our guest today is Jonathan Luff. He's the co-founder of Epsilon Advisory Partners and Cylon, an incubator for early-stage cybersecurity companies based in the United Kingdom. He shares his story of his early career in public service, sharing his talents and expertise around the world, his transition from public servant to entrepreneur, and why he believes that the UK is well-positioned for leadership in the growing global cybersecurity industry. Stay with us. I'm not by background a tech person. Uh, I come from a liberal arts background. I studied uh, politics and languages at university, and I was fascinated in international affairs. I was always interested in history and politics, and that developed into a into a study of international relations. So I, I studied two universities in the UK, uh, Newcastle, which is in the north of England, and a master's degree at Bristol University in the south. And it was really while I was at Bristol that I, I developed a, an interest in, in joining the Foreign Service. Um, I sat the exams for the, for the Foreign Service while I was at university there. And I joined uh, the British Foreign Office in, uh, in 1998. And that took me on a, a fascinating professional journey. I had the opportunity uh, to study Arabic while I was in the Foreign Office. And that took me to the Middle East, uh, where I I had a couple of postings, um, including some time spent as uh, advisor to uh, UK and US military forces during the Iraq War in 2003. And over the course of my um, my government career, over the course of my foreign office career, I increasingly focused on national security issues. Uh, so, you know, things like counterproliferation, counterterrorism and uh, cybersecurity. And so uh, that that really took me sort of further towards uh, the, the, the work that I now do. Um, but really, my, my leap into uh, the sort of startup space and, and the work that we now do with, with cybersecurity companies, that was, that was triggered towards the end of my government service. I spent a couple of years as an advisor at Downing Street, um, our prime minister's office. That was 2010, 11, 12. And around that time, um, there were a number of reviews taking place uh, into UK national security, and out of that flowed some very interesting work around um, cybersecurity as a as a tier one uh, national security threat. And, and you know, I I was involved in some of that work, um, and after leaving government, decided to to make it one of the things that I I would focus on. And so, what are you involved with today? What is your day to day like these days? Well, since twenty fifteen. Uh, with my co-founder, Grace Cassie, who was another friend of mine from Foreign Service days, uh, we wanted to put in place a a way to support entrepreneurs in the difficult early days of um, establishing a cybersecurity company. We had seen in our time 
uh, in government that that this was you know one of the most important uh, challenges and opportunities of of the of the of the decade and we felt there weren't really any uh, systems or structures in place to provide the support that was needed um this is a you know fascinating but complex area of technology and business and while there were you know some fantastic institutions in the UK there were already a number of significant companies operating this space we 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 couldn't see the number of innovative new companies emerging that we that we expected to see and that you found in in somewhat more mature ecosystems like the US and um and to some extent Israel so we started Cylon and and Cylon was a uh, in its early days an experimental accelerator modeled to some extent on um programs like Y Combinator but dedicated to cybersecurity so we we initially ran a 3 month program in London and it's really grown from there um and over the last 5 years we've uh, we've run 10 programs in London and four programs in Singapore and we've had upwards of 100 companies come through those programs and so we we spend our we spend our day our days you know running those programs finding and supporting those entrepreneurs and then and then continuing that 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 support once they leave the program can you give us some insights on the the state of uh, of cybersecurity and entrepreneurship there in the UK Yeah well I think it's developed uh significantly uh certainly over the the 10 years um that we've been really focusing on this um and definitely we've seen that uh over the 5 years we've been running Cylon there really wasn't a a community of 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 cybersecurity startups here in the UK back in um in the first part of the last decade we we we've helped to catalyze that community here and there is now a thriving startup ecosystem uh, right across the range of technologies but definitely in cybersecurity um and i think there are now there are some really quite successful uh, companies that have have been set up and and developed here over the past 5 years and it it's now very much part of a a, a broader uh technology ecosystem here in the UK um and part part of the reason for that is that you know the UK has a good reputation in this space but it's also a a good place to to set up a business if you're from somewhere else uh historically it's been uh, a draw for talent um globally and we certainly saw that in in cybersecurity we could see that talent in cybersecurity was was very much distributed around the world it wasn't just in isolated pockets and and we found you know many people wanted to come and uh, join our program and 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 get their business started in the UK and and as a result there are now you know tens if not hundreds of um of interesting small companies in this field is there even a, a geographic advantage of of being where you are i'm thinking you're sort of you know equidistant to to some of the uh, other important uh centers of of cybersecurity uh, there's no question i think you know greenwich mean time has been a competitive advantage for the uk in many mm. different areas of uh, of business and finance um over the centuries i think it gives us uh, genuine advantages being as you say uh, 
in time terms sort of equidistant between uh, the economies of the uh, of the um, of the Americas and, and those of um, the Middle East and Asia, and that definitely uh, that definitely helps. You know, having the, the the economies of Europe on on our doorstep, and you know, over the last forty years at least, sort of strong connections to those economies um, has been helpful. London has been a melting pot for anybody trying to start a business and seek finance, and I think. You know the world. The world does come to London, or at least it did until um, we were hit by the pandemic. I think it will nonetheless emerge from the current crisis as as, as one of the world's great global cities. And and so you know geography matters in business, and it, and it it's certainly been helpful to the development of the cyber ecosystem here. Can you describe for us some of the things that you witnessed as as cybersecurity grew in importance when you were. Uh, part of uh, that diplomatic um, area of the government when you're doing that sort of work, um, how what what are some of the things that you saw as cyber sort of took its place? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Dave. Because interestingly, I think this is one of those areas of technology. There are others, but let's just look at this one. It's it's one of those technologies where, for a number of reasons, um, particularly reasons of national security that sort of advances in in this area of technology have for you know a considerable period been um the preserve of national governments and for the organizations that uh that serve them um certain areas of technology were preserved certain areas of technology were were given uh, investment and support um cybersecurity was definitely one of them and so i think for a long period the government was was more advanced in this area than 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 the the private sector at least in certain areas it was and that's not necessarily the norm uh you, you often find more innovation or more advanced technologies in in other areas of 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 the economy or our lives but i think um because of its place in in defense and security you know cyber has been well understood and the technologies that underpin cyber have been very much a part of um, of government work. Now, I think what we've seen is a transition over the last 20 years where cybersecurity has emerged from that niche uh, within defence and security in government and has emerged mm-hmm. as an absolutely essential part of all our lives. And so I think there has been a transition where, you know, innovation no longer uh, is the preserve of um, certain sensitive or secret or specialized parts of the public sector much more often these days innovation is found in the private sector in cybersecurity but there's still a very um, important relationship between government and the private sector in this space and so it's 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 a fascinating sector to explore quite a lot of uh, investment dollars and pounds is still going into companies established by people who have experience of uh, the government sector or working in defence or security, precisely because there are some rather unique skills developed in those organisations. What are the things that you're looking for from the companies that you're supporting in your incubator space? What are the, the elements that a company needs to have in order to catch your eye? So we operate at a very early stage. Many of the entrepreneurs or many of the companies that, that join Cylon are right at the start of their journey. 
that means we are really looking for talent and potential. And we have taken from the outset um, an approach that differs to, to some other programs by not seeking to prescribe, not, not seeking to be too prescriptive, rather, about the technologies that we're looking for. We are defining or we have always defined cybersecurity broadly. We've defined it as anything that really contributes to the resilience and security of the digital economy. And that encompasses a broad range of technologies. So rather than say that we're looking for something particularly interesting in this area of security or that area of security, we've asked founders and entrepreneurs to tell us what they think is interesting and to convince us that it is. And so what that really comes down to is a combination of um, talented founding teams with a passion for the technology and the business idea that they're working on. And from our perspective, a sense that it has something um, or that they have something with the potential to scale. And if we can see those things, you know, talented founder and founding team, a technology which they are passionate about and which interests us and the potential for it to scale or have scalable impact. Uh, those, those really are the things that we're looking for. I'd like to get your perspective on threat intelligence and, and what part you think it plays in an organization's uh, security. Well, I mean, it's a great question. Threat intelligence has become an enormously important part of the armory of organizations, large and small. And the way I think about it is, is perhaps conditioned by the work that I did earlier in my career, working in government and thinking about not just threat intelligence, but intelligence in the round. It, it's absolutely vital for an organization to operate at its, uh, in its optimal state to have intelligence at the right time from the right reliable sources and relevant to its business or its operations so that it can make good decisions, so that it can optimize the deployment of resources, and so that it can free up uh, talent to work on its highest priority challenges. And for me in cybersecurity, I mean, that's that's what threat intelligence does uh, from my perspective in a cybersecurity context. It is allowing organizations to focus resource where it's most needed. And that's absolutely critical for any high performing organization. You know, you, you mentioned uh, at the beginning of our conversation that you came into tech from a, a non-traditional direction. Um, do you do you suppose that that has benefits for you now, that that, that has paid off, that you can uh, look at things um, with a different perspective? I hope so. I hope that a combination of interest in technology and an, and an understanding of its impact allied to experiences and capabilities built in other parts of a career, you know, that's a good combination. And, and across our team, we have a mixture of skills and experiences. And I think that's, you know, that's something you find in, in all good organisations. If you are too narrow, uh, I think you can miss opportunities and you, and you can sometimes fail to uh, perceive um, strengths and weaknesses. You can fail to adapt effectively to to challenges and i hope that having had a sort of a rather weird and wonderful career through 
public service, um, spending time in, in different countries, learning different languages um, and working with and for some really amazing people has has helped. Um, and I hope that, you know, what we also try to do is 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 to understand where our where our limits are and what our need for external and partner input also is because you know we're not I'm not um, a, a technologist I don't um, pretend to be one and this is a very very complex and challenging area of, of technology and you must have uh, good people around you who understand those things that are that are beyond you um, and if you can marry those two things together then then I think that that is um, that's a decent recipe for success. I think we are like everybody at the moment adapting to new circumstances. We have historically run in-person, physically co-located accelerator and incubator programs. We have gathered talent together from all around the world, and we we've felt that to be a, a real value. You know, getting people around a table from different backgrounds, different companies sharing ideas and experiences and that's been a core part of our offering over the past five years and clearly we've had to adapt to new circumstances and at the moment we're running our first fully virtual program so we have companies participating from their homes um, all around the world and we're doing that all um, via video conferencing and um, you know there are literally hundreds of zoom calls taking place every every week to support those companies. So that's been a new experience for us, but it's been revealing and it's been heartening to to discover you know how much we've been able to transfer from um sort of program version 1.0 into version 2.0 and it's also revealing to us some of the things that are still needed and will be needed in the future the shift to uh, virtual learning uh, the, the shift to virtual working, the shift to virtual healthcare, all of these things are you know, rapid and transformational changes and none of them are going to work effectively without really good security. So we're, we're very, very interested to identify and work with the emerging companies and the, and the entrepreneurs who are specifically building tools to enable that virtualization of, of work and learning and healthcare uh, and other other things too, of course. But those three things stand out for us as as places where adaptive cybersecurity is going to be extremely important. Our thanks to Jonathan Luff for joining us. Don't forget to sign up for the Recorded Futures Cyber Daily email, where every day you'll receive the top results for trending technical indicators that are crossing the web. Cyber news, targeted industries, threat actors, exploited vulnerabilities, malware, suspicious IP addresses, and much more. You can find that at recordedfuture.com slash intel. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll subscribe and help spread the word among your colleagues and online. The Recorded Future podcast production team includes coordinating producer Caitlin Mattingly, executive producer Greg Barrett. The show is produced by The Cyberwire with executive editor Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.